Thank you, Lord. Woo! Anybody else want to shout? <laughs> yes! Yes! Jesus! Yeah, Rhonda. <laughs> wow. Lord God, we're so excited over you. Abba, Father, we thank you for your only begotten Son, our Redeemer, our Savior. We thank you that you ripped out your heart, Abba, Father. You ripped out your heart and sent your heart to the earth in the form of Jesus Christ. We thank you that you loved us so much. You loved the world, everybody, so much that you sent your only begotten Son. That If we would say yes to him we would have everlasting life. And though we know, as we heard in class this morning, this, this life on earth is just a vapor. It's less than a snap of a finger. But eternity goes on and on and on and on. So God, we're so grateful today for everlasting life. We're so grateful for Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus' lovely, wonderful, strong, powerful, and beautiful saving name. (laughs) Amen, amen. If you're here today for the first time, we welcome you, and we hope that you're being blessed. We hope you're having fun. We have fun in church, and uh, we love to worship God, as you can see. We love to praise him and give him all of our love. We like to set him high at the highest place here in our lives and in this body of Christ. So we pray the Lord blesses you. If you didn't get a gift bag, please, uh, would everybody make sure they get one today before they leave. And the Sunday Bible class today, thank you, Jim Duncan again, Jim Duncan. (laughs) There he goes. (laughs) And you know, we're so good because he talked about death and about, we've had so much of death in the last few years, but he talked about death as for the Christian is not a sad thing because we do not grieve as others grieve, do we? We have everlasting life. We have eternal life because we believed in Jesus. You know, and <laughs> I don't know about you, but I never get used to that. It's so amazing to me. So amazing. And so thank you, Jim, for that teaching. And we look forward to no more death, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more sickness. <laughs> and uh, next Sunday, we're a little disappointed because Spring Davison was supposed to be teaching, but her wonderful husband, Tristan, is going to take her place. And he's going to continue teaching in Romans. So if you haven't been uh, following Romans, this is a great teaching. It's going line upon line, precept upon precept. This is your time to really dig into the book of Romans. So uh, that's next Sunday at 930. Today's communion will be after the message. And that's going to be presented by Pastor Louis Mercer with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts, our minds, everything about us that we might know how to live this Christian life in this world of chaos and disaster and separation and division. We need to know the Word of God. So um, the one thing we're going to do now, which we do, is part of our worship. What are we going to do, Zosh? We get to give to God today. <laughs> Thank you. And so we do. Abba Father, we are cheerful givers. We love your word that says you will supply all of our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So we rejoice today to give. 
Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And it's good to see you guys here today. I love you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, today we're going to talk about uh, something that nobody in here, I'm sure, it doesn't apply to. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. I'm sure you've heard the saying that talk is cheap. And you've probably heard cheap talk from somebody. You know, it's like put up or, oh, we got some card players here. <laughs> ah, or like hold them and, or, there you go. Somebody's paying attention. Talk is cheap. And you know, I can tell you this, that, uh, there are people that say they'll help you out when you really need it, you know, uh, but when you call them, you've got your phone and as soon as it rings, it, they hit the side button. Do you know what I'm talking about? They turn it off. They ignore it. They don't swipe it over and take your call. It goes straight to voicemail. Doesn't even go through the four or five rings. They just hit the side. They say, no, I'm not answering it for him. No, he may want something. You know? Or when you text them, you'll text them. And like two weeks later, they'll text you back. Oh, I forgot. And it was right when you needed something. When you really, really needed something. May have been a place to stay or some money or some food. May have been a lot of things. May have just been a word. And it's funny, but things like this never happen in church. Never. There's no cheap talk in church. Oh, I'll pray for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anytime you need something, you call me. What's your number? Yeah. I was in a Lamaze class one time. Anybody's ever been in a Lamaze class? So one of the things in the Lamaze class is that the men have to wear a sympathy belt. One of those parts, which means you put on a 25-pound belt. This is the way they do it now. Dennis, they do it now. This way they do it now, Dennis. You, you got to wear one of those sympathy belts that it approximates 50 pounds so you can have sympathy for your mate that's having a baby. And I saw that game really quick. You know, you had to put your names in a thing, a little hat, and they would draw it out. So... They were going around introducing themselves, Jim and Joe and Richard. I said, I'm not going to be Louie. I'm going to be Richard. So every time I'd write my name in that thing, I'd put in there Richard. They were not going to pull my name. You see, talk is cheap. You know, when you need something done or you want something done, people will just, they just won't do it. Yeah, it was sneaky because talk is cheap. I, I should have put my name in there and suffered the sympathy belt, but it was too much of a gain for me. Yeah. Nothing like this happens in church, though. 
And it surely didn't happen in the time of Jesus, right? Enter the Pharisees. They are the king of cheap talk. So Jesus was in the temple, and he was teaching in the temple. And uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were there, and they were challenging him about things. Like, for example, they said, well, do we pay taxes? And he said, well, pick up the, pick up the coin. Whose face is on the coin? Caesar's. Well, then give it to Caesar. Uh, they ask about this man who dies, the woman who dies, or the man who dies, and had a wife and has seven brothers, and you go through this whole thing of, well, who's going to be the wife? And it was just, they were just trying him. And, and so the Pharisees are over here, and the Jews are over here, and it's going back and forth, back and forth. They ask him, well, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And then he went off into, who's your neighbor? And so it was this big setup where the Pharisees were teaching this tennis match, question and answers, a big debate. And he began to tell the crowds all this, and the disciples were there, and the Pharisees were there, the experts in the law were there. And in Matthew 23, the first couple of verses, here's what it talks about. And I want this to sink in for a couple of verses. It's not really long, but I want you just to think in your mind. Could this be me? Then Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat. Now, now Pharisee meant to be separate, distinguished, divided. It was this very devout group of righteous or pious people. And Moses' seat was a seat of honor where the teachers taught. Moses, the one who did the First few books of the Bible, Father Moses, who led them out of Egypt. And so this was an honored seat that teachers sat in. And Jesus said, well, the teachers of the law, they sit in Moses' seat. And he says also in the next verse, he says, so you must be careful to do everything that they tell you. I can almost hear the sarcasm in his voice. Because they've been battering back and forth about the law. They've been battering back and forth about life. And they've been battering back and forth about who's the teacher and who's the pious one. And you guys are this and we're that. He said you've got to be careful to do everything that they tell you. You know, people are telling us to do things all the time. Certainly your boss can tell you what to do. But how about this? Someone who's not a parent. Now, I see some children here, a young one. How about the person that's never had a baby? And they're going to say, well, if that was my child, well, you hadn't had any children. So we'll wait till you get yours to see how you act. Well, I'm going to tell you, if that was my husband, I wouldn't put up with this. I'd do this and I'd do that. You're, you're 17. You're not even married. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to say things like that because talk is cheap. Well, let me just tell you, if I was you, yeah, but you're not me. Amen. I was in SunTrust 
SunBank SunTrust Truist. It's now Truist. Young fella, sit behind the counter. I had to adjust my accounts. He was maybe 20, and he realized I had a balance, a nice balance. Thank God I had a nice balance the day I was in there. And he wants to start giving me financial advice. And so I just engaged him a little bit. Man, how old are you? How did you make it this job? Man, I'm, I'm 20. That's great. Where do you live? Oh, I live with my mama. Man, you must have a nice car working here at the bank at 20. No, mama brings me back and forth. And he wants to tell me. About five, I said, no, that's okay. I got it. I got it. I'm good. He said, be careful to do everything that they tell you. The separate ones, the divided ones. Do what they say. This Jesus is a master storyteller. I can see him hanging right there for a minute. Do everything they say. And the Jews are sitting there thinking, I I know these guys are pious, righteous. I know they're uppity. You can see an uppity person a mile away. You could then. You can now. Just something about uppity. And then Jesus said this. He said, do what they do. Do not do what they do. Do what they say because they're teaching the law. But don't do what they do. And the reason is because they don't practice what they preach. They don't practice what they preach. How many times have you had somebody say, you need to do this? What are you doing? You need to help this person. Are you you going with me? We going to do it together? Hey, this guy needs some money, pastor. Well, am I the only one that's got money in my pocket? You're a saint. You can help too. Not just me. See, it's one thing to say it. That's easy. It's another thing to do it. And I'll tell you, I don't know about you guys, but There's times I struggle with that. It's easier for me to say something than maybe it is to do. Pharisees had hundreds of laws, hundreds of rules that you had to follow strictly. And they were really good at teaching them, but they weren't too good at doing them. Matthew 23, 4 says this. They tie heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. It's, it's, it's called guilt. It's called judgment. God's not going to do that to you. Lord Jesus doesn't want you to feel that way. He wants you to be free. They tie heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Yeah, I'll put some weight on you. I'll put some heat on you. I'll give you something to do, but I'm not going to help you. See, this is not the way of Christ. This is not the way 
of Jesus Christ. In contrast, Jesus said this in Matthew 11, 29 through 30. He said, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Jesus continued and he, he says, do what they say, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they preach. You can imagine that the Pharisees got a pop in the nose. They got offended sitting on Moses' seat. And Jesus said this, and he continued. Everything they do is for people to see. Yeah, you've seen them. Man, it's easy to pick out. It's easy in a group to see who's just talking. And they don't have any substance. As many of you know, my son just uh, joined the military. He's a skilled young man. And I said, don't say anything. Just do. They give you something. Don't say what you've done. Don't say where you've been. Don't say what you're skilled at. Just do. Let your actions speak. And this is, what, this is what the church wants us to do. They want us to act first. You see, people react to what they see us do and not what they say, hear us say. Jesus said, be careful to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they receive their full reward. When you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, those sitting on Moses' seat, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who's seen what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need. Before you ask. It's just this great picture of the Pharisees. And their pompous. Religious. Religiosity. Feeling in charge. When the real one in charge. Is sitting right there with them. If they would just yield to. The man from Galilee. Matthew 23 5 says this. Because Jesus is still there. He hasn't left. And he said they don't practice what they preach. They want to tie heavy loads on you and burden you, but they don't want to lift a finger to help. So he continues. He says everything they do is done for people to see. They make their flackeries wide and their tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogue. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and be called rabbi by others. That doesn't happen in our society, does it? 
doesn't happen in politics. And I'm not preaching about politics, but you can see this time of year what's going on. You can see it. It's so obvious. And Jesus has given us an example of what not to be. Everything's for, for show. Talk is cheap. Matthew 5.37 says this, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. And when you, you tell somebody you're going to do something and you don't do it, talk is cheap. We lose credibility. It's all we've got is our word. That's, that's, that's all we've got. Scriptures talk about a man's word is more valuable than gold. So what about us non-Pharisees? We don't look for the best seats to be recognized. Us non-Pharisees, we don't seek the highest honor. Us non-Pharisees, we don't tell someone we're going to pray for them and then not do it. We don't commit to something and then don't show up. But we don't say we're going to do the right thing. And then when no one's looking, we don't do it. We don't harbor resentment and unforgiveness in our hearts. Do we? Jesus said, they don't practice what they preach. You see, what we say to others is a covenant. What Jesus said to us, it's a covenant. You know, in the Old Testament, when you broke a blood covenant, you see, Jesus, it resulted in death. If Jesus broke his covenant with us, it would result in our death. He wants us to see that the things we say are important. The covenants that we have with each other, they're important. If our talk doesn't match up to our actions, I mean, we're fixing to do communion here in a, a little bit. And the scriptures say when you're doing communion that you should examine yourself. Believe me, I can't stand up here in front of you guys week after week and not examine myself. And sometimes I've got to tell you, I don't like what I see because there's things that you can't see. Is there an area in your life where talk is cheap? You see, church can be a noun if it's a building. But really, church is a verb. It's going out. The sent out. We carry God around with us every day, no matter where we go, no matter what we do. We are church. So do we. This week, here's what I'd ask you to do. You know, our... Uh, Mission statement for the church is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. That's everyone that can hear my voice. We want to equip you here at TLC. Sometimes we're putting stuff in your rucksack, your backpack, filling your pockets with stuff to prepare you. Other times it's asking you to look deep. 
It's like yoga or exercises. Sometimes you've got to work a little bit to get it. This week, ask God to put your words into action. And let me tell you, your words are powerful. The things you say are powerful. And you can come to God groveling, oh, God. Or you can say, I want this in my life this week, God. I want success in my life this week, God. I want victory in my life this week, God. Anybody in sports or anybody in the military or anybody in successful business will tell you that's the mindset you've got to have if you're going to succeed. That's the mindset that Christ wants us to have. Yeah, I want this this week, God. Yeah, I want to, I want to recover from this this week, this illness. I want to recover from this insecurity this week. I want to recover from this unforgiveness this week. I want to do that. And I challenge you this week to start looking for ways that God can do that for you and to start speaking it, to start saying it. It's a covenant. Begin to make a covenant with yourself. I'm looking at life different this week. I'm looking with a winner's mindset this week. It's what God wants. And I know God wants me, you, each of us to walk in strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want for you. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Before we have communion, I want to just pray with you. Father, help us this week to Think before we speak and be inclined to act. Father, help us this week to speak out of our mouth those things that mean something to us, to speak out covenants with you. And Father, as we receive your covenant of everlasting life, everything that goes with it, health and healing, strength and power, Father, empower us, give us the wisdom, give us the strength this week to step out and make sure that our actions meet our words. I thank you for that. And if there's anyone here, Father, that doesn't know you, that hasn't uh, come to know you, we're going to approach that in a few moments. But right now, we just want to say thank you, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, the examples that we have to follow. And thank you, God, that you're empowering us this week to step out of here and do your, your work, your job, and that you equip us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have communion now. And we'll uh, take these all together and hold them. You guys are ready? You can distribute them? Yes. The uh, communion is open to anyone here. Anyone who believes in Jesus Christ, you can partake of communion. You don't have to. But it is an ordinance. And, and really what it does, it's, it's a type and shadow. It's a remembrance of what the Lord did for us the night he was betrayed, before he went to the cross that, that next day. It was a 
busy, busy time for him. But we have a cracker that represents the body. We have juice that represents the blood. You see, this is a covenant that Jesus made with us where his words stuck to his actions. It's for us. It's for us. Hallelujah. You can follow along in your announcement sheet if you'd like. And when Jesus had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, This is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant. You see, talk was not cheap with Jesus. He gave his body and his blood. This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your son. Thank you for his body and blood. As his blood touched the earth, washed away our sins through his death, burial, and resurrection. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Now, what we're going to do in just a moment is we're going to dismiss. And uh, before we dismiss, Jim's going to play lightly. If there's anyone here that has a need, if you haven't given your life to Christ, then you'd like to do that. I'll take the mic off, I'll step down, and I'll talk with you. I'll pray with you. I'll explain to you the simple truth of the gospel. If you have a need, a healing, if you have a need in a relationship, if you've got a need in life, I'll step down and Jim will continue to pray as everyone goes and you can just wait. Again, the mic will be off and I'll talk to you. I'll share with you what the Lord would have me to speak to you. God loves you. He wants you to have a wonderful, joyous, powerful life. Not a trouble-free life, but a life of peace. And I'll offer you that today in Jesus' name. Dear God, I thank you. For those that need prayer, Lord, we will wait for them. And Father, that those that do not, we'll dismiss and we'll praise your name this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go with God.